0: Hey guys, welcome to the show. I have a very special guest again, my dear friend, Joy. And we're going to talk about today, she, um, we met like in 2005, I think, on a photo shoot. She was the model. I was the production designer. It was a Nokia shoot. And we're going to talk about, and she was also a Christian, which was really shocking. So we're going to talk about that and talk about a really crazy thing that happened (laughs) later on. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now, 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
1: Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life.
0: Welcome Joy. So Joy, we met on a photo shoot. You were the model, I was the production designer guy. And it was a Nokia shoot. And back in those days, those shoots were really long. I think it was like a one week shoot.
1: Yeah. It was several days, four or five days.
0: Yeah, and I think we worked <laughs> yeah. on like we worked on a few shoots together. I if if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. And, um, so on one of the shoots, uh, you, someone told me, I think it was the producer of the shoot or somebody mentioned that you were Christian. And now this was back in, I think, 2005 and, and it was literally the first time I had met a Christian in Los Angeles. And so it was a really kind of, I remember it being this kind of, I had a strange feeling about it. I was just like, oh, weird, a Christian. And I remember people on the set or some of the people on the set were also kind of a little freaked out by that, that you were a Christian. <laughs> and it just like kind of stuck with me. And I was like, that's so weird. Like I've, I've never met a Christian in LA and she's a model on this shoot and it's so bizarre. Um, And then I think it was, I think it was, uh, uh, when was this? I'm going to have to edit this out because um, I'm trying to think of. Yeah. Um,
1: the Nokia that was in Malibu that we shot at, at Joffrey's um, was probably 16, 16, 17 years ago. Wow. And I only know that because I'm connecting it to when I married Frankie. Because he oh, has okay. on a date on that yeah. job. Yeah, so everyone was kind of grilling me in a different way, the makeup artists, the stylists, because they knew Frankie. And so they were getting all this information out of me. (laughs) So So,
0: what do you mean they were grilling you about your faith?
1: Just everything, like, you know, what was my life like? What am I doing? You know, I I think they were sort of working me over to then present information to a guy who is interested in me.
0: (laughs) And so, by the way, Frankie, who is now your husband, at the time, he was a production coordinator on the shoot. Yeah. So, um, and that was one of that was kind of a really it's kind of a turning point for me because I remember, and you can kind of whatever you want to talk about with this, but you and Frankie started dating, and then you got to a point where you were like, "He's not a believer. Mm-hmm. This can't go anywhere else." And you, and you made a really tough decision to break up with him.
1: Yeah, I was engaged. So You were this, engaged? I was engaged to be married and um, such a unique thing. But when I, on that shoot, and um, I was studying theology so deeply that I was listening to probably 30, 30 to 40 sermons um, every, every week. <laughs> I all that. I did, that was all I did. Um, And I, no one knew about it. I was very private about it. And I would listen to a sermon on a 45 minute drive into Beverly Hills to drop my two kids at school. So I would do it in traffic. And then I would listen to another one on the way back home and then another one to go get them and another one to come back home. So I was racking up four sermons a day, just in my travel <laughs> to drop my kids at school. So yeah. My young children were exposed to nothing but preaching on the way to school and on the way home. It's so crazy. Yeah. Even think about what that was for them. I didn't even care. It's always good for anyone to be exposed to truth. So no matter and, what age.
0: And so, but before we get to the the breakup with the breakup of the engagement with Frankie, talk about how how did you come to faith in Christ to begin with? What what happened in your life that brought you to Christ?
1: I came to. I came into salvation when I was dating Frankie and engaged to Frankie. So at the time that we met, I was deeply seeking the truth. And I already thought I was a Christian. So I'd been because I was raised in a Christian home and at a really young age in, in, in a WANA program, um, which most Christians are familiar with that was transacting in churches in like the, the 80s and 90s. I they led me through a asked me if I wanted to get saved. Um, Of course, I said yes. And at, you know, seven or eight years old, they led me through a prayer to pray and then confirmed that I was saved. And so at that point, I had lived out my life with that recognition and confirmation from an Iwana program leader in the church in Wyoming, where I grew up, that confirmed I was saved because of that prayer and then i lived out my life um consistently failing in being a christian because i could i i i had no i just i just felt like consistently i was under a curse no matter what i did i couldn't get it right i would look at other believers and christians along the way in my journey and just think man like i re- like they really love god and i i'm still struggling and you know, they really seek after goodness and like, they're good. There's something in them that's really pure and beautiful. And like, my struggle is so inward and it's so challenging. And I just feel like I'm under a curse. And I remember speaking to some people during, um, you know, at like 16, 18, 20, 24, where I just would, I just felt so strongly that I was underneath a curse. And I I would even tell people, I think I'm born under a bad sign. I just, I don't understand what's transacting with me. And what had happened from what I know from the time I was saved um, is I had never entered into the kingdom. I had all knowledge, Uh an intelligent knowledge. I I had an intelligent understanding, but I had never given my life over. And what's interesting is that every time I would get into a bind at a really young age or, you know, 20, 24, you know, even up to thirties, I would consistently be like, God, just save me. Would you just save me? I would keep trying to confirm being saved and, ne- and the need of being saved. And I think really what, what my life was manifesting was that I really, I wasn't, I hadn't entered in yet.
0: Like you weren't regenerated yet by the whole
1: regenerated and I couldn't, I couldn't get things right. Even I would try my hardest and I just couldn't, I couldn't overcome sin. I couldn't. And, and I would, I would sit in devastation over it. And I, and, and two points where I just thought, I don't even, I don't even like this whole Christianity thing because it's too devastating for my mental health. It's too devastating for my emotional health. I I like is this really what it's about and if it is gosh this 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 you know for lack of better words uh, it sucked it just <laughs> I'm I mean, i can not find a better word to describe right. it when you just can't get something right and you just feel like wow like what like why can't I get in why can't I get through the door why is it always shut in my face so that's how so it you were
0: just kind of just trying to do good. You're trying to be a good person kind of in your own strength this whole yes. time.
1: And I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Yeah. do it. And, all, and again, I had this, I had this um, blanket over me of a false sense of reality in my spiritual life, which was you're saved because you said this prayer. I didn't have anyone really discipling me. I mm-hmm. didn't have anyone walking through my life. I didn't have, I didn't have parents who, even though they were in the church would sit down with me and teach me how to study scripture. Um, I didn't have, I didn't have a lot of praying over me unless I was in in a big problem where all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is stark. Our daughter is, has really messed up and, and we're humiliated. Um, and we like, you know, now we're going to bear down. I, I feel like that was, that was sort of, the way it was and I'm very different in my in my raising of my children and and my living out of of my belief and um, yeah I just saw a lot of things really hemmed in and a lot of hypocrisy which was really challenging for me um, because I'm such a truth seeker like God has just put that in me to seek it so deeply and and to the uttermost Um, and you know, there was a verse that my father had given to all of his children, my brother, my sister, he gave a verse, he said, he prayed about it. The Lord gave him verses because he was dying and he wanted to leave us with truth. And my verse was Jeremiah 29 verse 13. If you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. And that's exactly what I had to do. I had to give my entire heart and it was just it was just what God had for me in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I felt what it was like to go through the eye of a needle. I really did.
0: Wow. We'll be right back after this short break. And yeah. so what year was that when you got say when you actually were born again? Like, what year was that?
1: Um, I think it was 2004. Right. 2004. Yeah, and I was sitting in a church pew thinking, knowing 100%, I was already saved. And I was actually praying for Frankie, which is was the the man that I was engaged to. And you know, he wouldn't come to church with me. And I was going to, you know, Sunday school church, and then I would go to evening service on Sundays. That was my routine. And I sat in the pew. And there was this song that was playing it transacted in the time of worship. And I just felt like there was a spiritual spotlight that like, like shone down on me. And I started sweating bullets and tears were just pouring out of my eyes. And like my entire shirt was, was wetted with the tears. And I just, all this knowledge was coming in the spiritual knowledge. And, and I understood it. And it was, it was just this beautiful communication between the spirit of God over my heart and my life. And, you know, I just knew I'm the one. That needs to be saved, I'm the one that needs to give my entire life over to the Lord it's me he's calling me, he's calling me, and he was calling me up out of myself and I mean, from that day on, I have never been the same. um I came home and I just you know Frankie was watching my children at home so I could go to to the evening service, and I came home and I told him all about it and um I just said, you know, I, I can't, I I feel like I have one shot to really get my life straightened out in a way that when I if I marry someone, I I need, I really need someone who's a believer. Like I want to yoke myself to another human being that has this spirit in them. Um and and, and I love you and, and I'm sorry, and I was weeping and he was weeping. And and that was sort of how we ended our relationship. As well, well as this engaged. is
0: why, this is what affected me. So kind of, it really touched me and uh, kind of freaked me out in a way. But Frankie, I remember he, cause Frankie and I were, we were in communication a lot back then. And he called me and said that, he told me the story of you breaking up with him. Yeah. And he said that you kind of like collapsed I'll never forget this. Like I'm getting chills. He said you collapsed on the floor and you were like weeping and he went to like, he went to hug you and he said he could feel Mm -hmm. like the Holy spirit on you or something. Like he could (laughs) sense something supernatural was going on.
1: Yeah. It was, it was a vibration. It was, it was like a frequency and a vibration of the spirit that was, moving in and dwelling and settling because you know this was a matter of like an hour after that magnificent moment happened in church um and and then I came home and I was so completely transformed I didn't even know who I was anymore and but what I knew was that I was so saturated in the breadth and depth of the truth and on top of that for about a year and a half, I had been listening to sermons, like I had mentioned before, at a maximum amount, like a massive amount. And so when you combine the spirit coming into the life of a human being with that much truth, like all of this, it was like a computing system that was being completely recalibrated. And he was with me in that moment. And for him, he just said, Whatever that was, I feel it. Whatever is transacting, like I was feeling you, like like moving through a death to yourself, and then this movement of of a breath of life that was so different in its vibration that even someone outside of me that was, you know, hugging and holding me during this time frame of weeping and me telling him the glory of what had just happened. And this is a non-believer. I mean, how how beautiful, <laughs> what a beautiful testimony that the Lord gave even to my husband at the very beginning of our relationship
0: yeah well i remember when he told me that story i that was kind of maybe the first spark of me thinking like wow like if frankie's telling me this and this this there must be something real to this kind of christianity thing mm-hmm. it it just it definitely planted a, it planted a seed in me for sure not see like meeting you on the on the 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 photo shoot uh sort of planted a seed but when Frankie told me about that kind of supernatural moment with you I was like whoa this is (laughs) this is getting a little too scary for me so yeah and then what so what you ended up but you ended up marrying Frankie
1: I did um we so we separated, and I and about five days later, and we didn't speak with one another. You know, I was very, this I don't. This is not what I want. Something the Lord's calling me to, and so I broke away from that. And about five days later, um, there was a knock on the door, and I opened the door, and he was standing there. And he was, you know, you could tell he was just destroyed, and and the countenance is so low within him, and he just looked at me and said, you know, I, I don't understand this. Uh, I I need to, uh, I need to know more about this God that has the power to destroy love. Like I love you. You, I, you know, you're the one for me. I know that intrinsically I've never met another person that I've felt this and, and I don't understand. I mean, he was really stuck in a place of confusion and, you know, of course I invited him in and, and we talked and, and, I didn't really know what to say other than, you know, if you want to know my God, go come to temple with me, come to the church, Um, listen to sermons, like hear the word, pray, pray with me. And, you know, he did all of those things Um, so thoroughly and committed. And it was so beautiful because we, you know, we prayed together at night. We prayed with, I prayed with my children because I was a single parent at the time. And I prayed with my children every night. And he joined us in praying with the children and praying over them. And um, he joined us in church. He would just come and and, and go on Sundays. Um, and, you know, he did that for almost, I don't know, I want to say about eight, eight months. And in that time frame, I didn't know what we were. All I knew was he wants to know about my God. I can I can show him, just do what I do. Like Paul says, just like do what I do because this is all I know. This is what led me there. So all I can do is author that truth in me and share that with you, you know, in the example, because that's what led me to my heart opening and then completely receiving um, the breadth and depth of the spirit of our Lord. So, and he did. Um, and then there was a point where, I I didn't know anymore after about eight months. And, and I was so concerned of like, you know, his heart. I could hear his heart when we would pray. You know, when you pray with someone, you hear out of the mm-hmm. heart flows. And I felt like he really loved God and, you know, in, in his prayers and in his, he was seeking so diligently in all things. And I felt like, how am I to to judge when someone comes to know the Lord? There are so many different salvation yeah. stories. Some people just roll over into it and there's not this pivotal moment and i just felt like i don't know i don't know what to do with this now you know should should we marry and and we ended up we ended up marrying because i just i, I you know i felt that he loved the lord and that was really all I was looking for that was yeah he really was looking for
0: and what what year did you get married that's it's been a while
1: yeah like a year you know like eight or nine months after we met uh, on that job probably eight or nine months later yeah
0: wow yeah and you're and you're still happily married yes asked
1: one- me a month ago i'd give you a different answer <laughs> oh
0: uh-oh. oh frankie's a wonderful guy um but okay so i want to get to the story because this was uh this was such it was such serendipity well i guess in my past you know, before I was a Christian, I would call it serendipity. But now it was kind of like this providential moment. So I get saved. So so we work together on a few shoots. I know who you are. And, you know, I, around 2004, 2005, whatever that was. And then cut to 2009, I get saved on September 20th. And um, so I start going to small group or community group. We used to be called small group at the time and i it was at the church office and so i i was going to small group and i, I it was my first time there and i sit down and there were, i think there were like 30 people in the room like in, in a kind of a circular sitting in chairs that were in a circular uh
1: yeah
0: whatever set up circularly and and then you walk in and i'm like oh my gosh and i i said joy <laughs> and you looked at me and I don't know if you remembered who I was or not. I can't remember.
1: Yeah, I remembered.
0: <laughs> so tell me when you saw me in that group, what? Cuz you are I I'm assuming you knew I was living as a gay man. Yeah, I, I, did you you knew that, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So when you
0: saw me, what what did you think? What did you what was going on?
1: Um well, you said pretty quickly on, you know, I got saved because you're so you were so in in that elevated moment of 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 the knowledge and the connection and the the you know what I mean like that life wow. coming in you and you were you were as excitable as a kid going to the circus for the first time. I mean, it was just awesome and you know, when you told me that it, it, for me those those elements are just it's such a beautiful concept of recognizing God does whatever he chooses over the life of any human being. And I just was enamored and thought it was beyond glorious. I mean, it was glorious. It was a glorious moment for me.
0: But it was, I know it was so cool to see. It was like kind of this full circle moment for me because, you know, I, you kind of planted the seed in me and, and then like, I'm, you're the first person I run into that I know after I get saved, you know what, you're the first Christian. And so it was just like this kind of perfect moment. (laughs) The only God could orchestrate something like that. It was so cool. And then we ended up in the same community group for, I don't know, 10 years or something like that. A long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, We lived out our lives together, studying the word and praying and and transforming uh, for years. And that, that was, you know, I'll, I'll never forget that. That's, that's, that's such a beautiful librarian moment that is in my card catalog in my history. Um, <laughs> I remember when you texted and said, I have a community group, would you please come? And I said, yeah, I'll be there. And when and where and I came and I didn't stop until until you until that season was over and you moved on. Yeah, what the Lord had for you next.
0: So, yeah, that's amazing. I know it, it all is too good and now tell and what about Frankie, where is Frankie now in terms of god
1: he's still he's still um he's he's not been called by the Lord yet, and um but you know all that's up to the Lord, yeah, you know, and for me, it's just keep living out my life, I'm just doing what I'm doing before the Lord in general and and but he, he he that man has seen so many miracles he has seen tremendous things that I never saw growing up um he has he has stood as a witness and can testify. It's so incredible, it's almost like he's seeing all the the magnificent transformative power. Year after year after year in the same way that I studied and listened to the, the word wash over me, you know, 30 sermons a week um, for about a year and a half before the Lord called me. Yeah. So um, I just feel like it's, you know, at, at this point as a wife and I've I'm at a mature place because I've been 16 years married with him. I struggled a lot. Um, all throughout the way, but at this pl- place where I'm out in my heart, it's the full recognition that, you know, um, it, the Lord can do whatever he sees fit whenever he wants. Yes. Um, and and all I do is just labor over my own heart and my own mind to sh- consistently show forth the examples and the transformative power and all that God is doing and all those vibrations that come out of people, you know, when there's so much of the Lord in someone's vessel. Um, and then I wait, I wait upon the Lord.
0: And he's, does he still, he still goes to church with you, right? Or yeah. he's
1: never, he's never stopped going to church and, yeah. you know, but he he won't, you know, he doesn't go to my to my bible studies you know you know once in a while if it's like my birthday i'll be like he'll be like what do you want i'll be like just come to a bible study (laughs) i'll pull a fast one on him when it comes if he asks directly what i want Then, you know that's really where my heart hits of like oh you're asking me what i want i want you to come with me into the presence of other believers where the word is anytime i can get him there you know And, and it's not just frankie i do that I do that with everyone, any non-believer and, and a believer that's struggling or, you know, in a place where there's death, you know, desolation in a believer's life, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, where they're just out of sync and there there's no power, you know. So
0: yeah, and what so what would you and maybe we'll we'll close with this, what would you say? Because I I know several couples, married couples who are unequally yoked. So, what would you say to to women who are Christians who are married to a non believer like and they're struggling through like what do you have any advice or anything for them
1: honestly the 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 thought that comes over my heart is it's not about you it's not about how derogatorily this is affecting your relationship or how it's oh how you're not receiving what you think you see in every other um um christian couple um it's, it's it's about it's about you and god and and letting god work through and use all of that to make clear space in your own heart and mind and redeem and and bring more of christ in it's really all about christ's power across the board in you and then you show forth that glory you show forth you like you have to be the one to consistently you know move in forgiveness and move in compassion and move in joy and and move in peace and comfort and all patience. of patience. Yeah, <laughs> patience, all of the spiritual fruits but you you know be open and just let God do what he wants to do in your life using that source um yeah. for as long as he wants to do it and then I think uh, I speak this over myself but I think then God is going to move. And when he moves, it's going to be a miracle as it is with any, with any soul that's harvested. And so let it be and find joy in letting it be. And that is a hard thing to do because you really have to abide. You really have to be in truth. You really have to be in a church that supports and that you're gathering and pulling beautiful community from, and, and, you know, in, in community groups with, with, with male energy that is redeemed, who can pray over you and lift you up. And so you you can receive, the Lord will come alongside and and bring you everything that you need. It's just not what we want. It's not objectively we want. And so we struggle in that. That's, yeah,
0: that's a good word. And, you know, Frankie, he's such a soft hearted guy, like God's going to call him. (laughs) i think <laughs> it's just to it's an inevitability like god's gonna call him so just we'll keep praying for frankie yeah but yeah.
1: um he would be a good one to have on the show as a non-believer to ask some pivotal questions to who's married to a believer like you know in the sense of of kind of touching on those things and then how beautiful to have them on the show after the lord calls Like that would know, be amazing like day, how beautiful would that be
0: Before and after,
1: yeah, because it is interesting to understand the mind and heart of a non-believer when when they're you know like you like oh I had these feelings about her she was a Christian and you know there's this it's really the flesh that caused you to feel that way that gave you those feelings towards me and it should have because I had the truth that could set you free and why would it want to yield that to me right right? in relationship or even let you like me or favor me that would it would lose its footing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's really cool concepts when you really break it down and and you apply all this, all the scriptural truth to things. You can live a lot easier and you understand you can really be there for non-believers and believers alike.
0: Yeah. Because again, like you said, it's just, it's God. God is sovereign over all of, all of it. And so if you can, you can just rest in that. I mean, it's easier said than done if you're the daily grind of being married, but You know if you can just rest in god's sovereignty and know that it's his timing it's his will like whatever and you you can't bludgeon or badger somebody into the kingdom of god like it has to be it's god's work it's it's a supernatural act from god
1: yeah it's 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 not your business it's the lord's (laughs) business
0: i mean you can it's your job
1: to show forth that glory and that power yeah
0: it's your job to be christ-like to your spouse you know and and that's that's great and 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 witness to your spouse but god has to do the you know that work so
1: that's
0: right so we're gonna keep praying for frankie and (laughs) uh, just keep on praying but thank (laughs) you joy for being on the show and i'm so glad that just how god worked out all this stuff and i met you and then i met you again and then it was crazy i was saved and then you were we were in community group forever so anyway thank you so much
1: you're so welcome you're so welcome god bless i loved it how fun
0: god bless (laughs) guys thank you so much for watching Uh, we'll see you next week thank you for listening to this episode of the beckett cook show your support makes this content possible episodes of the beckett cook show are also available on youtube for more information about beckett and his ministry visit his website at beckettcook.com thank you to the team at life audio for their partnership with us if you go to lifeaudio.com you will find more faith-centered podcasts about prayer bible study parenting and more